Hello and welcome to the next episode of Lost in Criterion. I'm John Patrick Oitari Dorgan, and with me, as always, is a man who likes to wander around naked eating stuff. <laughs> you know, just whatever you find Adam, laying around. I am the Adam Glass, and uh, I mean, occasionally I do that outdoors, but it is usually... <laughs> your own, your own house? It's become very difficult in these trying times, because my roommate's always home. I am jazzed, let me tell you. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I do uh, want to talk about our Patreon for a minute. Patreon.com slash Lost in Criterion. What do we do uh, there? Well, uh, we post bonus episodes <laughs> is mostly what we do there. Unnecessarily involved in your promo for, Patreon, for the Patreon. No, that's fine. I, I love this back and forth we have, this witty repertoire. Uh, repartee. I don't even know what. Word also, I to use none there. of the words you used actually apply to what I do during this. <laughs> right. Uh, over there for just a dollar a month, uh, you can support us, keep us going, and get access to a bonus episode and get to vote on what that bonus episode is going to be. We do a non-criterion film over there, uh, and just really, really a. Uh, Sometimes we hate ourselves. A, Sometimes we choose pendulum, to punish ourselves. A pendulum of quality over there too. Um, uh, most recently, as of this recording, uh, we watched Louis Bunel's Robinson Crusoe, uh, which uh, is <laughs> just oh god, it's just a it's just a, just a garbage slog. <laughs> like no, I mean honestly speaking, that plus this movie back to back was a bit of a gut punch. It was like yeah, yeah and that's, that's woof, really, what did I we think, do to ourselves? I think I think most of most of what's going to come up in in the conversation to come about this week's movie is going to be uh uh tinted by the fact that the last film <laughs> we, we, we talked about that, together yeah. was, May, was maybe B- because Bunel's uh, yeah we'll just see. pointlessly banal uh to to the point where I suggested on Twitter this week that maybe maybe Bunel was having some sort of weird dada uh <laughs> You're gonna give him Moment so much credit for this, where, where he was, where he was specifically making a piece of non-art, um, somehow. Anyway, uh, I mean that go. I I have expressed to you my belief that it is impossible to do that thing uh, yeah. before. We've talked about that. Oh, absolutely. This is as absolutely. close as any human being has ever yeah. gotten. Yeah. Right. And I I also don't think it's possible to do that thing or. Uh, or intellectually possible to attempt to do that thing. Right. But, <laughs> totally. uh, but again, yeah. closest anyone has ever gotten. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> we do watch good movies over there, too. Uh, Louis Bunel. Uh, Louis Bunel. Um, <laughs> Louis Malle's, uh God's Country is one of, such the, a good one of the better movie, movies man. we watched over yeah, there. Yeah, that was um, so good. Uh, a lot of a lot of Sidney Lumet over there, too, for some reason. Yeah, <laughs> I I, this is a weird thing about it. I don't know what yeah, we're doing, but... Yeah. Um, but also, Ernest Goes to Camp, which was not directed by Sidney Lumet. Um, but is and, a masterpiece uh, of yeah. of uh, filmmaking. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And let's see. What what I previously would have described as the worst movie we watched over there 
uh, Will Ferrell's kicking and screaming. I don't know. <laughs> I think it still beats out the terrible Robin Consu- Robinson Cruz. I mean, that's hard to believe. I know. The the weird part is that they're bad for similar reasons in that everyone involved <laughs> should be able to make a better thing. Yeah, everybody everybody here should yeah. both know better and be able to do better. Yeah. And yeah. yet here we are. And yet here we are. Um but yeah. Just a dollar a month at patreon.com slash lost in criterion gets you access to uh three dozen episodes over there as of right now. Um and like I said, all non criterion films uh have guests over there a little bit more often. Um have Donovan Hill over there for an Aliens episode, which was just phenomenal. It's just, and one yeah, of my it's the best episode ever. We ever had. Um, but yeah, uh, for a little extra $5 a month, uh, anyone who wants to pop over to that tier gets thanked on air, and that is o- the only added benefit. And yet, still, somehow, for a very long time, we had $5 supporters, and I love them all for it. Well, I think uh, it's, I think there was more they just wanted to support us, right? Like, I assume right, that, like, right. the name thing is just sort of like, because we have to fill in that blank on Patreon, and like everybody expects right. it at this point, right? And I am I am so happy to report that we don't have any five dollars supporters right now because they all recently popped up to ten dollars supporters. Yeah, at ten dollars and, and above. They really do. Yeah, yeah. And I love that they love us at yeah. ten dollars and above. Uh, those people not only get thanked on air, and we'll thank them: Christopher Otto, Jason Westhaver, Michael McGrath, Jonathan Hape, Adam Speckerman. Thank you all for your ten dollars awesome. above support. But the other benefit of $10 and above is something that I think is pretty dang special. Visual harassment. Visual harassment. Pat makes a piece of art based on something we watched recently, and I get that printed up on a postcard and write a little personalized note to you and mail that off. So if you like uh, physicality, if you like getting uh, bespoke art. If you like things that exist. If you like things that exist. If you have a materialist view of the universe. (laughs) or maybe Perhaps. you just want to mock materialist views of the universe. <laughs> hey, whatever. Listen, you're free. But yeah, yeah do $10 what you want. and above. $10 and above, and uh, we greatly appreciate that. Uh, thank you all so much. Again, that yeah, is patreon.com slash lost in We really appreciate you it. Get involved. Yeah, uh, the best part about it is I, I really like we it often enough because of just our recording schedule, we end up talking, doing, you know, this is an episode right after I made one, and I want to talk about yeah. it. But it's like they already got it in the mail like a month and a half ago. Right, <laughs> what right. I'm talking about, it's like, well, this is weird. Like, uh, I don't know. Like yeah. this one, this one was fun to make this month. Good. Ah, uh, Pat. Yes. This week we are talking about. You the are. You're doing this one that, alone. That you declared to be the worst movie you've ever seen while you were watching yeah. it. No joke. I'm not. I w- it was not in any way hyperbole. This uh, movie me, made me more angry than anything we have ever watched. <laughs> I was irate from literally from literally the opening narration to the last second of the movie. I was never not angry. Yeah, uh, I spent the entire talk- movie angrily washing dishes and a little bit concerned <laughs> that I was going to break the dishes. Like I, I rewrote the tweet that I sent out probably yeah. twenty five times. Excellent. Excellent. Because I just couldn't, like, I couldn't articulate, like, it, it made me so unhappy and upset that I kept trying to, like, explain my upset in the tweet and things like that. And, like, I wanted to articulate it. And I was like, no, Pat, you have a podcast for this. You don't need to do this here and yes. there. But I right. needed to, like, 
we we've talked about the fact that like for example what we're going to do right now today is, is sometimes essentially exercising the thing from our bodies like yeah like i'm going to remove this movie from my consciousness by giving it to the audience which i'm sorry for <laughs> uh but hopefully they didn't watch it so like that's good i guess right they only have to listen to me talk about it rather than watch it i hope right please right. don't watch this movie i'm begging please don't watch this movie <laughs> i had to pay 3.99 on amazon for this shit you um, really need to click through to the other renting options because you I could don't. have saved I a refuse. dollar. <laughs> I don't. I refuse. Um, uh, we are uh, we are talking about the Naked Prey from 1965, directed, written by, produced by, and starring Cornell Wilde, Olympic uh, fencer Cornell Wilde. Um, an interesting biographical note: Cornell Wilde. Yeah, Cornell Wilde dropped out, uh, dropped off of the U.S. Olympic team for undisclosed reasons directly prior to the 1936 Olympics in Berlin, um, which is interesting in and of itself. Uh, he got into acting after that, um, was the technical advisor and played Tybalt in a Laurence Olivier production of Romeo and Juliet. Um and, uh, yeah, got into stage acting, then got into screen acting, uh, and then got into directing, started his own production company. Then got um, into really into running around naked and not talking. <laughs> and then got into running around naked and not talking. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> as a 44-year-old, too, you know. Not that he's in bad shape for 44. I, I'll be honest. He's... Yeah, I mean, I couldn't focus on that because I yeah. was angry. <laughs> um, like normally, movies. Normally, I take a lot of joy. I, I get deprived a lot. I, deprived. De, I'm trying to think words. Um, yeah. I get a lot of joy out of movies that have premises, not like adventure movies where there's this kind of stuff. I don't really particularly care for this kind of movie in general. Um, yeah, as we've talked about in the past, but um, like. A movie where the premise is dude runs around naked eating random stuff. I'm okay. I'm there for it. That sounds good. I'm interested. Yeah. Um, but I, w- I, ha- I was robbed of that in this movie because that is not what I watched. I was just angry, and many of my memories are clouded by my anger. Yeah. Uh, now, you, you, you said that from the opening iteration, you were mad. Uh I explicitly told you not to watch the trailer. Did you watch the trailer? I did not watch the trailer. I couldn't. <laughs> I kept are... thinking to myself, like, I almost watched the trailer about seven times today. <laughs> and then I was like, no, Adam told me not to. I'm going to listen to Adam. I told uh, because you I am to. trying to enjoy time with my family. I do not become yeah. unreasonably right. angry in the middle of hanging out with my children. <laughs> You did right. You did right. The trailer takes that opening narration and expands it to two minutes, uh, which God. necessitates making it more racist. I'm like, oh, oh I'm just gonna just gonna slack on a little bit of extra racism yeah. here. So pad this out. Let's be honest. That was probably the original narration, and then it got cut down. Maybe, maybe. Here's the here's the thing. Um, wild to an extent thinks that he's making a woke movie. Yeah, he does. Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly. And apparently, 
99.9% of reviewers, including people who wrote reviews this year, think he did that too. Yeah. Which is shocking. (laughs) A lot of those more recent reviews are probably colored by the Criterion Commentary, uh, which is done by a film historian named Stephen Prince. Um, Yeah. And there's some interesting stuff in there, but pertinent to... Uh, to what we're talking about, um, Prince uh, talks about an interview Wilde gave uh, where Wilde's summing up the uh, central theme of the, of the film, uh, which is, quote, Man must learn to understand his fellow man, no matter how different he is, or all men live like animals in the jungle. Uh, and that's... Fine. And the fact that the uh, the warrior band um, is humanized much, much, much more than the main character is yeah, great. But, yes, and yes, also. Yes, and. Yes. But and. my problem with it is, is that they're humanized, you know, okay, like, okay. Oh my god. They are still I othered. I do, can we just I can, maybe we just not yeah. do this episode. We have to do this episode. Also. Um like so let, let's let's there's so much to talk about here. It's it's almost right. painful. Um yeah, they are definitely othered. Um yeah. and their air quotes humanization starts off with what is treated as manic sort of hysterical like murder party. Um which is very much ca- like is very much um, portrayed in is very much negative stereotyping. It's very much like all the like I don't know that co- for me that colors everything that happens afterwards. Oh, right, you're right. Like yeah, they they are more humanized as they go along. The run makes them as they run, they become more and more sort of air quotes human um but that's you still have that beginning right that like it starts that way and they're never like they never really escape from that in this movie right um and my problem like i read a lot of reviews about this movie like i got i i got a little out of hand uh-huh. And started just reading reviews of this movie because I became more and more shocked that literally every review of this movie is positive. Yeah, with the exception of Roger Ebert, which is rare that I agree with Roger Ebert. But like, <laughs> I was like, I just met, I, even without talking about like insensitivity and 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 just you know bad racial politics and things like that. There is the thing that Roger Ebert says, which I cannot not agree with, which is like, what the fuck is what are you doing, like? These guys who are in theory hunting in this area every day of their lives are gonna like not kill your dumbass like immediately like what like you're gonna outrun them because you read Thoreau is the is the best is the best yeah it's it's a good yeah, line right. it's it's well written uh it's it is a good one but um yeah that's the Ebert line yeah yeah the Ebert line is is kind of amazing I and I read that 
you actually mailed that to me or sent that on Twitter, but I, I had already read that because I went on a unnecessarily long review deep dive on this just to see yeah. what reviewers use as justifications for this movie. And all the newer ones, as you mentioned, talk about the idea of, uh, you know, that, that sort of central theme and, and the idea that, you know, these are, they are much more humanized. But the problem is, like, if you wanted to do that, make them the main characters of the movie in the sense that, like, they're the actual main characters of the movie, right? Like, our camera still follows him the whole time. They are they are not portrayed, I would say, positively, right in the movie. Um, it's it's really like, I don't know, man. Like I really like. It is rare that like we just watch something I just absolutely really really hate, and this is just one of those things. Like right at the beginning, like I was upset even at the narration. The narration starts off with this like. I can't even really remember it anymore, but I just remember like listening. It was like a hundred years ago, but and like I was like, it's nineteen sixty-five, guys. Right. A hundred years ago is eighteen sixty-five. Like, so it takes. What it are takes, you talking about? Yeah, it takes place in this weird no man's non-existent history, time. Yeah, yeah. Where uh, visually it wants to be like eighteen ninety-eight, but mm-hmm. ideologically it wants to be sixteen fifty. Absolutely. Totally. And that was baffling. Um, that really that that was like step number one that really upset me. I was like, Yeah, wait a minute, why are they all in like safari gear in what is in theory like the eighteen late eighteen hundreds or and they are all in safari gear in the eighteen hundreds, but we're talking about it like it's early, yeah. you know, early African slave trade and like I don't know. And like right. the narration, I, the narration weird. talks about a hundred years ago, Africa being a vast, dark unknown. It's like eighteen sixty-five. Um, what are you talking about? Man lacking the will to understand other man, become like the beasts. Um, it's incredibly anachronistic. And I, I talked about the trailer and and things the trailer adds to that. Uh, life here was at its most primitive. Uh, oh God. Filmed entirely in the primitive parts of Africa where no film has ever been made, which is itself like Zulu was filmed in South Africa on location uh, the year before this (laughs) (laughs) and was not was not exactly unknown Um, and maybe arguably had better politics Yeah, (laughs) because at least Zulu was was about uh, an active uh, armed uh, resistance to British rule at a time because we are talking about a time when uh, the nations of Southern Africa were decolonizing. Uh, many of them had internal issues for decades to come and mm-hmm. still do. Uh, South Africa in particular, I think of when I say that. Um, but uh by 1970, um, Zimbabwe, called the Rhodesia at the time, would would be independent. Uh, I think at least one other country would be independent. South Africa, technically independent, I think already, um, considering its, uh, its history. Uh, but, um, yeah, it's just, it's... 
the trailer, of course, has to make claims that aren't necessarily true, right? Um, right. But the opening, but the opening narration doing it um, is is wild. It's a wild thing. Like, it's wild, and when it when it wants us to think that this film is taking place, uh, it talks about it talks about um, uh, enslavement still as an ongoing thing. And even if it is meant to be 1865, exactly a hundred years prior, uh, no one, the African slave trade to European countries, at least, and um, and the Americas, uh, was dead by 1865. Right, exactly. And I and that uh, was one of those things that I went and looked up. I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait, 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 yeah. wait, wait. It's 1865. What? Wait, what's happening here? Yeah. Um, well, and, and certainly, like, I mean, yeah, I mean, it wa- it wants to be like seventeen hundreds ish, yeah, in its storytelling, um, in in some capacities, right? But like, it, but it like wants to be on an African safari at the same time. It, it's, and and I think that confusing framing doesn't put didn't put me on the right foot to begin with. Um, and then what everything that happens after that is kind of gross, right? Like, I mean, you've got this sort of like, and then I keep watching these, I keep checking these reviews and the reviews are like, well, you know, it like, it actually does a really good job of humanizing the tribal members. And I was like, again, an easier way to humanize them is to make them the main characters and let the audience understand what they're saying to each other. Um, yeah, would be cool. Um, is an idea. Uh, maybe like don't like. Is he the bad guy? Because I wanted him to be killed the entire time. <laughs> right, right. I spent ninety right. minutes rooting for the tribal members to finally get him. Um, yeah, the reviews. The reviews you read that are, I. He goes out of his way to humanize the. Uh, the the native peoples, but we're still rooting for the white guys. I was never rooting for the white guy. <laughs> like, nope, not even a little bit. Like, like, and and it was just, I was like, <laughs> actually, I remember what the original intro was going to be. It was going to be a reference to like a man speaking in <laughs> speaking foreign language, which is I watch all <laughs> these movies with subtitles on, and that is fucking exhausting. Yeah, it's like don't fucking just. I mean. To me, when, like, and maybe I'm, like, way too harsh about this, but, like, whenever a movie tells me that in the subtitles, because I watch almost every movie with subtitles on. Yeah. Uh, my hearing is not great these days, especially understanding what people are saying over a distance. Um, and I, so I always watch these movies with subtitles whenever possible. And uh, and I sort of depend on them. And then when a movie's subtitles contain speaking foreign language. Right. That is a giveaway to me mentally that no one cared to know what they said. Right. Like, because somewhere, somehow, somebody either wrote that down or didn't write that down. Right, right. And there's... I can think of one time where that's appropriate. Um, The Third Man. Every time I've ever watched The Third Man, the, the, uh, the locals were untranslated. Uh, anyone speaking in non a non English language <coughs> was untranslated, uh, and in fact, I when the third man 4K restoration went up on Netflix, 
I watched it with subtitles on, and they did translate all of that. That kind of ruined it. <laughs> and it really ruined it. Because well, part okay, of it the, is, is yeah. Holly feeling disconnected from where he but is. And, there, there is an artistic use of right. that. And it is. Right. And, and I've, here, I've, there are all kinds of movies where that's true. This is not yeah. one of them. Because this is not one of them. We're only showing the tribal members talking to right. each other. When you right. do that, and it's all untranslated, what you are telling me is, is you don't need to know what they're saying. Right. You're now actively... again. There's other versions that there's artistic versions of this where you're like, where you all want it to be read in body language, and they do, and then the acting is good. So like, you can you do know what they're talking about. Generally speaking, right. it's um, it's actually amazing acting. The yeah. fact that you don't get any translation, you have a pretty firm idea of what they're talking about. So the acting's amazing, but like that's that's a, that's to me that's just thank God they're good actors. You know right. what I mean? Like you could have also just translated what they said. Like I'm not this main character watching them. I don't need to not know what they're saying to each other. You're just not giving it to me. Um, and that to me always does again, like I, what, what I'll say is this when there, when languages are not translated on screen, it feels purposeful. Sometimes that purpose is beneficial to the storytelling. A lot of times in my experience, that purpose is, is uh, uh, telling the audience, you don't need to know. Yeah. Which is usually negative because it's usually saying, well, these aren't English speaking white people. So just move along, move along. Like, not relevant. Um, you know, if Star Wars could translate to all the aliens. Right. You right. know what I mean? Like, if they, these people aren't even speaking real languages. Like, particularly here, the any, any idea that uh, um, Wild is trying to humanize the uh, native peoples is undermined by not translating. Absolutely. Totally. And you are absolutely correct to say that the actors here do a phenomenal job of portraying what is going on solely through body language and uh, and, and non-vocal communication. And, and the, you know, the, the way they use their voices, right? Right. Yeah, no. I mean, you that. just you can tell it's really good acting. Yeah. You can absolutely yeah. tell what they're talking about. That is right. not the issue. The issue is just that you could have also just told me what they were talking about. Right. Um right. you, you no could have just cared to. to tell me. Yeah. There's no reason not to from a storytelling perspective. Yeah. Um and and it's upsetting that it's that way. Um and then I I also like I find it really hard to deal with like being told that these characters are being humanized. When we're watching them just get the ever-living shit beat out of them by this dude who, because of the way hero narratives have to work, sorry, air quotes, hero narratives have to work, he's so much better than they are. Right. At what is essentially their job. Right. You know what I mean? Like, you can couch it almost in any experience in your entire life. The idea that, like, some rando is going to show up and just be a million times better at the thing you do every day than you, 
the, the point where like he's just jogging along you know what i mean like most of the time he's just he's just trucking along he doesn't even look that tired because again he's the white hero he needs to always seem kind of invincible right like yeah. He has moments of weakness, but most of the time he runs into a little grove and he looks like he just got went for a brisk run around the block. I'm doing fine. Um, and then meanwhile, the people who are hunting him look like it's the worst day of their fucking lives. Yeah. Like, sure. It seems it's I, I'm having I've always even when I was watching, I was having a hard time articulating this, but like that in itself is an act of sort of erasing what those characters are supposed to be, right? right. He These are experts the at one. what they do. Yes, right. he just outright but he, like he literally outruns the second one. Yes. Well, third Which one, is I guess, technically. fucking but yes. crazy town. Like, right. okay, let, let's, all cards on the table, anthropology major in college, uh, yeah. did find, did see the greatest tweet of all time, which was a joke about the fact, like, some uh, a, a woman making a joke about the fact that like like white dudes literally made a made a job out of stalking people and writing down what they do, which is accurate. Um, yeah. No, not wrong at all. But nonetheless, what I studied in university and literally one of the one of the, my earliest memories of what we watch was a discussion of you know subsistence. Subsist- uh, I can't fucking speak subsistence like. Yeah. behaviors in different societies like how do people feed themselves and one of the classic examples are several documentaries written about traditional hunting techniques uh because traditional hunting techniques in africa would represent probably the baseline of of how humans have gotten food over the course of their entire existence right right and the you know and you see it in other documentaries about like you know, there'll be like documentaries about the human body and how amazing it is. Shows up all the time. What is it? It's run the thing to death. Right. Like just follow it forever because it will always die before you do. Right. Uh, as long as you're good then, at your job. And then all of that balanced against a later scene where he is explicitly shown not able to do that with a guinea fowl. Right. Uh, <laughs> He's not good at it except right. for when it is murdering these guys like he like these guys theoretically if that is how they're hunting which i it it would make sense but we aren't given any context of what tribe this is or where they so it may not be how they hunt. and the one time we see them uh uh kill the antelope or i think it's impala actually they sneak up of it on it in a group. That is another. Right. I mean, like when you right. watch these, Which is, like yeah. there there are other ways to hunt yeah. if you can yeah. catch. I mean, a thing it's off-ground, obviously, so. obviously it's a valid strategy, and it's, right. it's the better strategy there. And in fact, it's it's in that moment played as them being good at this versus him uh, being uh, bad at this, purposefully, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, being bad at chasing this bird. Um, yeah. Which is like which makes it crazier, right? Not less right. crazy. It makes right. it crazier right. Absolutely. because like. Again, he outran this guy who is a safari guy, which means mostly, as far as I can tell, trekking around in the woods, shooting big game, and having people do things for you. Because yeah. we're given no evidence prior to the start of the this air quotes adventure that he is anything other than just sort of a one of those like European guide type people. You know what I mean? Who like. He's not really doesn't have much of a job because, like, 
all well, the job, Native Africans are doing all the work. His job is understanding culturally. His, his job is cultural interpreter. Now, if the guy he's leading in this particular instance completely ignores that, right? Uh, because our man says, no, you need to give them a gift. It's customary. And the other guy well, says, no. And that's what, that's what triggers the entire Right. But what I would saga, argue is his job right? is not cultural interpretation. That may be a part of what he does. But his job is organizer of this safari right right like, right right no, no i went and paid all these guys right. to like do this right. job for but none of those credentials make you good at outrunning people whose job it oh, is to run every day absolutely not like it, it, that one i i actually almost just turned the movie off at that point i was like no we're not doing this i'm done i'm leaving Right. This is crazy. Because, again, when he runs into the little grove that he camps at, when the guy runs, to, like, dies of, like, exhaustion, he's, like, all chipper. Like, hur, 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 right. just on right. my jog around the town. Like, it's like, what is going right. on in this movie? Like, they just so want him to be the hero in a movie about people who have, who are, like, I, I can't. Because, like, who are the good guys in the most dangerous game, I ask you? The guy being hunted. Right. So, obviously, in a movie that is just the most dangerous game, but with more racism, the hunted is supposed to be the good guy. Right. And this is, this started life as a straight adaptation of, uh, of the story of, uh, oh. Goodness, I just lost his name. Yeah, the the guy. Yeah, the I. The same thing. Uh, that uh, what Jeremiah Johnson. John Coulter. Based on, right, yeah, yeah, that Jeremiah Johnson's based off of the story of John Coulter, um, which is that uh, John Coulter was a trapper. Uh, he was a member of the Lewis Clark expedition. Um, and he, uh, according to his own report. Um, Right. Important to keep that in mind. Let's always keep that in mind. Um, That culture was captured by a band of crow, and uh, they stripped him um, during winter and and hunted him, and he survived long enough to make it to a trading post. Um, Again, culture's culture's recounting of what happened. Right. Uh, Coulter's Coulter's excuse for why he showed up naked in the middle of winter at a trading post in the middle of nowhere. Um, uh, Yeah. Um, Sounds right. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure it all checks out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, you know, it's based on a historical incident um, that is itself probably heavily embellished. Um, Yeah. Yeah. and uh but we transport that to Africa and we change it so that our our white hero is maybe not a hero but but at the same time I think to go back to um to go back to what Prince said Wild says is the point of this movie that man must learn to understand his fellow man there's a deeply ingrained sort of both sidesism that still that still comes up today. I think thinking about this movie in its own historical context, we've already yeah. we've already talked about where it applies within 
uh, a very loose understanding of African decolonization in the area. But this is uh, this is a movie that came out in 1965. The we're in the middle of the American Civil Rights Movement, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's. It's an American production. <laughs> right. Paramount put it out. So to understand this whole it's it's what I mean to say here is that Wild in that quote that we get from Prince and presumably it is being accurately reported. Yeah, I'm not going to doubt that part. Yeah, it seems like that's probably what Wilde's going for. Uh, to to live in the moment that Wilde is living in and think that this is the important thing that needs to be said. It comes from a place in, of intense privilege. Yeah. Yeah, and, it does. And is, to, and is to actively ignore what... Uh, African-Americans are saying all around him every day. Well, keep in mind, they're shooting Uh, in a place that has apartheid. Like, it just, it is. Like, we don't know the exact shooting location, as far as I can tell. Like, the Wikipedia is super, like, wishy-washy on where exactly this was filmed. But we know it's very, either in South Africa or very close to South Africa. Right. Like, apartheid is not an, an issue of people, air quotes, people, not understanding the humanity of other people, you know what I'm right. saying? Like that's a that is a that is a bunch of wiggle words that tries to negate the fact that one group of people is oppressing another group of people. Right? You know what I mean? Like actively oppressing, right? Like it's not well. I mean, we all just need to learn to get along. Is such a big pile of horse shit, right? Right. And like you're doing it. In apartheid in South Africa, right? Like that's right. as far as I get. It right. seems like actually is. I want to, I want to make this explicit. The reason we all need to just get along and respect one another is bullshit. Is that it ignores the power dynamic of the situation, particularly right. the situation that, yeah. of apartheid and the situation of the apartheid of America uh, yeah, America's Crow. apartheid that ongoing. Yeah, yeah it, it's <laughs> yeah. Um. The idea that, that, that it's it yeah, go ahead, sorry. It is not it is not a uh it is not a problem of mutual respectability or re- mutual respect when one side is an active oppressor. Right. The problem is the act of oppression. <laughs> right. And and, and, and that's, that's what needs problem. to change, not not and then, not so some like, sort of wishy-washy. Uh, I mean, you can come at it and make an argument that, well, if if the mutual respect existed, then the the apartheid wouldn't exist. But that's not really how apartheid works either. And that's right. That's, you know, that's what racism without racists is is something that makes that argument. And I frequently made reference to that that uh, the systems in place. And the policies in place, it doesn't even matter if the people enacting those policies have a racial malice. That the but policies themselves are racially <laughs> like, malicious. 
right. Like, but they now also they do. do. <laughs> but they like, do, but it wouldn't matter if they didn't, right? Because the system itself is the issue. Uh, well, and, now, certainly and keep people it... who do have that malice should not have power, but people who don't have that malice and do have power aren't changing the system either, right? So. Yeah, and and you know the the you know it's yeah when you you get into power structures and things like that like it in and it's kind of more it is honestly more deeply upsetting that this movie takes place in southern africa yeah and and features the like it, i don't it's very confusing like okay so like if if we go into this like if we want to sort of like expand it out right they're essentially oppressing him in this movie like i don't know it's like right this movie is just hot garbage like yeah like and, it, while... it, and it's not even doing a good job of actually conveying that message that he says he wants to convey let's keep in right. let's keep in mind that right. like even if that is the message he wants to convey it is not doing a good job of that yeah if that's the message he wants to convey the entirety of that message is uh contained within them saluting each other in the last 2 seconds of the well, movie well and and his and his and his white savior scene where he like rescues that that young child, right? I do, I do. Want but then to... doesn't rescue that child because then he like lets them on their way, yeah, back well, to the village he... where they're gonna die. He rescues her or them, I suppose. I don't know if the child is male well. Or it, it, the the Wikipedia says it's a uh, it says girl, but yeah. I'm you know I don't want to make that assumption based on what's on the screen. Yeah, and also children um, it doesn't matter, so. <laughs> right? Uh, it doesn't matter for adults either, but it especially doesn't matter for children. That child does in turn rescue him, right? So absolutely. So there is. That. I know, but like, if um, your if your argument in the movie is like, well, we we just all have to learn to respect each other as humans, that's going to be part of his argument, right? Right. And then on top of on top of anything else here, whatever Wilde is trying to say. Like Sanders of the River had better racial politics than yes, this, and it was which was I thought the same years thing. I was like, "Holy this. shit!" Like what? Like yeah, no, it's and then like they like that whole like saluting each other at the end. It's like yeah, wait, what? Like this isn't the buy the world a Coke commercial, right? What right. are you fucking doing here? Like he just. M- he just essentially, like, got one of your guys, killed everybody you know, first of all. Right. Number one. Killed everyone you know, one of them by using the, the like, the, the armed occupiers of your nation yeah. as a tool of oppression on at least one of your compatriots, right? Because who's trying to, I mean... He, and then he gets this look on his face. Like, oh, I won that one, huh? I got your yeah. guy killed by these assholes over here who have probably been oppressing you for how many hundreds of years? Right, right. Jokes on you, asshole! Like it's like, wait, what now? Well, we don't know how many hundreds of years because we have no idea. Because we have no idea what fucking time actually is. set. Let's <laughs> say minimum a hundred years. Like, yes. regardless of the time, but even if it's yesterday. They're still an occupying force in a country right. that is not theirs. Right. 
who are maintaining that occupation via force. Yeah. It's... And, like, we're supposed to like him for that. The movie tells us, because he smirks, the movie tells us we're supposed to be happy that he survived via this vicious murder. I mean, the the more overt white savior moment than than just saving the girl is that in the act of saving the girl, he also kills a bunch of the slavers, right? Right, um, of course, and like including you know, their leader, a, and their I, leader I've, looks like a white guy in brown face. Did I'm am I making that is. up? I am no, I agree. Certain. Yes, I yeah. agree. I don't know that that's true, but it's what it <laughs> yeah. looked like to me as well. Um, of course, like I I like the, the, the I will admit that like. The sl- the that slavery like that slaver scene was was powerful, yeah. Like you're watching people be enslaved, and that is deeply upsetting, and I not in the way that I'm angry at the rest of this movie. Yeah, I think like, if Wilder if Wilder wanted the message to be the message he claims it is, or if Wilder wanted his main character to be redeemed in any meaningful way then the movie could have been the same up until that and point. make a turn at that point yeah absolutely and make a like turn now that suddenly point where he teams up with the guys who have been chasing him to, to make this people. stop yeah absolutely right. that would have been that movie would have been i would have forgiven most of the movie's right. sins in and the then, first half of the and movie then if that their happened. mutual respect at the end would make sense as well yes now it would now, all of make course, sense they watch all of this happening right so they know that he has done this this noble act of uh, at least freeing the girl, but but killing. Well, a they watch of him the run slavers. away, but they don't know why. That's. I think that I'm going to give them the benefit that they have a a presumably good view of the entire situation. I guess so, since they are not approaching it. <laughs> right. Well, no, I know what I meant was like but, they don't know yeah. that the child is necessary. Right. You know what I mean? Like. They their, don't even their know that he's necessarily of the saved anyone. Right. It maybe just but looks they like do, he's running away. They do see him kill a number of slavers. <laughs> so there's True, that, true. Which I mean seems least. like yeah, it seems like maybe they would reconsider their their thoughts about him. Uh yeah. but then again, like we would be really, really well supported by them actually having dialogue we could understand at this at some of these points. Because very clearly later on, the leader of the group is is driven by a desire for revenge, right? Right. Um, but like having that Which contextualized with a little bit of human emotion, I gotta get right. Yeah, no, totally. Like, and you know what yeah. it is, despite the fact that we can't understand what he's saying. Right. But like, think about how much more interesting it would be to know with like what the argument he's making is to his his to his companions about like you know like if that were an actual argument that took place on screen rather than a thing we couldn't understand. Right. You know, like, well, I mean, you know, because like a lot of the, you know, the people with him do with the with the leader do seem to be growing discontent with this hunt, right? Right. right. But like, I want to know like that conversation, right? Like, I want to know like that, like this sort of this character's drive for revenge. Like, we don't get any of that. They're not. They're well, humanized only by the fact that like. They got really good actors to do those characters, right. and I do. It's not, it's not even that, like, right. that is good. No, we do yeah, know. No. We do know. We just can't fully comprehend, right? Right, but yeah, exactly. But like, but think about it this way, right? Like, I, I don't, I don't know how to say this without 
sounding bad, but like you can read emotions, but like knowing what they're talking about takes a big step towards humanizing people, right? Oh yeah, like, absolutely. Like knowing why he's so obsessed with revenge, like what the other characters feel, like beyond what their feelings are, because feelings are animalistic to a certain extent, right? Like, whereas like the words are what like add that extra level of of humanity to it, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, there have been plenty of not very good books written about like people's revenge stories with animals. You know what I mean? Where animals are given emotion, but not words, right? Like, yeah, like not you know that that's why I'm afraid of like I don't want to imply these right. people are animals, but they they're kind of treated like high. The movie kind of treats them like high order animals. Listen, rather than humans. Does that make if, sense? If Wilde's argument is that if we don't understand one another, we're no better than animals then he is painting them as animalistic as much as he is painting his main character as animalistic. But, but that I don't itself think his is main balanced char- against that itself is balanced against the fact that his main character is simply credited as man. Not white man, not a man, but man. And that has ideological implications for interpretation of the work. Right. Whether or not Wilde wants those to be the implications of the interpretation of the work he has made an active choice to lend to that. Right. right. That's a, that that was is, my that this is a struggle of man embodied in a white dude mm-hmm. against nature when the uh bulk of the nature that he's fighting in fact all of the nature he's fighting is is a tribe of African warriors. Right, right, exactly. Like, if we're, yeah, the argument the movie makes, and this is sort of where I, I, I've been trying to articulate this, and I, I've been failing, and I was trying to articulate it two, three days ago when I watched the movie, is like, he's man, which means they're the ones who need to understand him to, you know what I mean, to stop acting like animals. You know what I mean? The movie doesn't put any impetus on him to understand them. It's all about them understanding him. Yeah. Which is crazy town, right? It, I mean, it's that sort of like, it is it is that classic liberal Hollywood sort of like not very good politics nonsense of like that, like we mentioned before, of like, well, we just all just got to get along. The problem yeah. here is that we'd all, we all just don't get along. <laughs> and like even like it, it gets so it gets so weirdly like beyond if we if we take a, if we were to take an even weirder sort of further step back right like he's a regardless of what happened with like the the gift or something he's just a trespasser he just is by nature of just being there they were just hunting elephants like right. they like, essentially wandering around like they own the place, right? Like they don't need any like it's this movie's wild. <laughs> like, it's like right. and of course, uh, uh, man number two uh, is morally worse than our main character. Sure, 
Mm-hmm. He uh, has no regard for the humanity of the native peoples at all. He wants to become, he, he dreams of becoming a slaver. Uh, Which again, and, in 1865 is wild. Right. And, uh, and he brags about mu- murdering um, female elephants. Elephants with no no ivory. He he's hunting women for sport, but but to hunt ele- elephants in the situation where they're hunting elephants isn't for sport. Period. Right? There's no there's right. no sporting element to what they're doing. Right. Right. Um, it's yeah. Uh, well, like yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. He's literally just. I mean, they're just they, elephant murderers. They, they've kettled the elephants and now they're murdering them. Period. Look, uh yeah. Like the thing about it is is like, you know, what I what I like the movie wants us to believe he is better than the person he was with because he's more sensitive. He was going to give a gift. But like that that is a sort of a minor granularity. He yeah. is still a person stomping around. Right. Like he owns the place. Killing the wildlife. It, like He's just, if we even, both, it's a, such a minor difference between the two of them, right? Oh, he was going to give a gift to this guy, and I was going to give a gift to this guy, to this chief, and you weren't, so you're the bad guy, and I'm the good guy, but we're both doing the same thing here. Like, is a, like, it's the provocation that starts the movie, but neither of them is morally really superior to the other. Like right. his sensitivity is all couched in not wanting to get murdered, I guess. Right. <laughs> right. Like it's not based on like, Oh, these people deserve my respect. It's I have to give this gift or else this movie is going to happen. Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? Like that's not, that's not respect. Respect would be not being there and not shooting the elephants, right? Like, right. Respect is not being there in the first place, because that's an option a lot of people chose <laughs> in whatever time period this was, right? Like, right. You don't have to be in Africa hunting elephants on land that you stole. No one made you do that. So, like. In the grand sort of grand scheme of things, neither of those two people is morally superior to the other. Right. And yet, he's our main character. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, you didn't give your fear gift. Okay, well, you're the bad guy. (laughs) I'm the good guy. Never, like, I still don't know if all the people who are, like, working with them were slaves or paid labor. Right. I I I leaned, I leaned based on the intro dialogue towards slave, which made right. me also think these people are both garbage people immediately from the moment we saw them. Yeah, and of course, you know, we do get one more moment uh, after the hunt where where he says to his number two, um, "Tell everyone that they they can eat after they clean one tusk." <laughs> right. Exactly. It's like this yeah. is. I mean, even if even if they are paid labor. He is still oppressive, right? Like, right. 
Right. Um, <laughs> Everybody likes this movie, Adam. I know. The weird it has like a 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's insane. A weird interesting thing here, I think, is, you know, we frequently have the conversation that, uh, you know, a movie can be beautiful. Uh, if you're in a beautiful area, all you have to do is point the camera at something beautiful right. and you've made yeah. a beautiful movie, right? Um, <laughs> pretty much the exact quote from very early on from you, and I, it's true. So uh, this movie does actively try to... Uh, de-beautify the area they're in. Right. right. Every interaction that isn't the people is stock footage of animals uh, fighting or... Uh, and we get the, the the cheetah and the baboon having a microcosm of <laughs> foreshadowing, right. you know, what's going on here. <laughs> It's not like the cheetah and the baboon end on good terms, though. The baboon just scares him off. And the baboon is meant to be our white guy here, right? Um, right. But but it's death. It's grit. Uh, Wild himself didn't want any animals killed for the production um, to some interesting ends uh, when the warriors uh, kill that impala. It's clearly a puppet. Yeah, it's a it's a puppet and then a wood a a, a wood silhouette that they're carrying. Um the uh the snake and the lizard fighting. Um I don't know that they were trained animals, but that is something they shot while and uh I guess Wild uh Wild thought the snake was uh getting a little too rambunctious. Um <laughs> so had the snake bagged but the lizard clamped down on his leg uh, and they ended up having to kill it to get it to let go. And he spent, uh, he spent some time recovering back in England before production resumed. Um, so yeah, it's all of that to say all of the footage of just Africa here, um, despite some nice vistas, um, is shot in a way to make it seem harsh. Yeah. To make it seem... Which is a, which is a whole nother problem, right? Like... Yeah. That's a whole nother different... I mean, it's the same problem, just in a different format, right? It's like... it By purposely completely debeautifying a place and making it seem savage, you're just playing into another stereotype of a place, right? right? Like, like uh, you're you're getting into, like... You're getting into like dark continent territory, which right. is a fucking nightmare of its own, right? right? right. Like it's like if this this is a if, savage, terrible place where everything just kills everything else. Like there's so much wrong with that. Like it's just if ugh. wild if wild wants this movie to say what he seems to want this movie to say, it is a much more interesting thing to do to have his main character reacting as if this world is completely savage. Even as we, the viewers, see that it is not. Um, And maybe that would lend itself to other bad But it's not the main character who's supposed to be learning a lesson, I guess, right? Like, (laughs) in this movie, right? uh, Right. Who's supposed to be learning a lesson in this movie? I don't know. I'm really confused because that quote is very confusing. That that quote quote is super confusing. 
Right. <laughs> Beyond being just garbage nonsense quote, like in just general terms, I still don't know under I still don't understand who's supposed to be growing in this. Are the are the tribesmen supposed to be growing? Yeah. Are they supposed to be learning to view him as a man? Because I think that's what they're saying in this movie, which is fucking crazy. Um, <laughs> but then, like, if it's him, like, yeah, maybe that would be good. But I don't get the impression that it's supposed to be him who's growing. That he's learning that they're just they're just humans just like him. Yeah. It's them, which I... Sorry to like go back all the way to the beginning, but like I want you to think about the politics of that, right? The, the oppressed people need to learn that the white guy is a man too. Right. What? Don't think I don't don't think that I haven't thought about the politics of that part. No, no, I know, but I I can't right. stop coming right. back to it. I mean, it's my point. Right. Is I I just no. I can't not keep thinking about it, which is why it makes me like, boy, I, was I irate the entire? I'm li- really lucky I didn't break any dishes. Right. It's like, oh, a movie in English. I can watch this. <laughs> Dawson, do the dishes at the same time. To be fair, no, I can't. I'm good. No, well, well, that actually doesn't help. That makes things worse. Despite the but... fact that it was nominated for a best screenplay Oscar, this <laughs> the entire the entire screenplay for this is like nine pages long. <laughs> yeah, which is crazy. Um, which, in that regard, perhaps somewhat interesting. Um, the. Uh, the actors playing the warriors and the the native tribes uh, were uh, were sort of given free reign. You know, told what the purpose of the scene was, and allowed to improvise as far as what they did and what was what was right. Going to be but keep in mind that's also right from the get go and saying it doesn't matter what you say. Right, right. Also true. Um, I didn't write what you're going to say. It doesn't matter what you say. As I didn't feel like doing the research to. to figure out what what you might have said in this situation. Right. So I'm just gonna like let you emote. Yeah. The, so this script is nine pages long because I didn't actually write anything for you because what you say isn't important. Right. You don't uh, get to give meaningful, powerful speeches. You don't get to like convey your you know disappointment with the universe and the in the way this you know nothing. You don't get anything. You get to emote. Yeah. I do want to talk about some of the other... You probably don't even qualify for the Screen Actors Guild. (laughs) Mostly they don't. Um, I do want to talk about some other positive um, aspects of this. Um, The title art was done by a local artist. Um, Yeah, I mean, the the the, art is beautiful. Yeah, the music is... Um, largely built on native music, uh, tribal chants. Yeah. Uh, not that there's a lot of music outside of. Well, they mostly just use the music to like enhance the, the hunting, right? Like, Oh, you're being hunted. Right. Which is, I kind of found kind of problematic anyway. Right. But. Because you could have used, like, you know... The Bantu tribal songs are there. Um, The soundtrack was actually released in 66 on Folkway Records. And is, is, you know, in as much as a soundtrack exists, it's the Bantu chants, right? Um, 
so there's that. Uh, yeah, that's about it. I think <laughs> we're through. Yeah, no, well, like no, yeah, no, no, we're no. gonna. There's one other. There is one oh. other thing I think that is is sort of interesting in a positive light. Um, the large chunk of the main cast before they're captured, uh, including the uh, uh, head of the expedition that meets them demanding tribute, Ken Gampo, mm-hmm. are credited prior to... Uh, right, yeah. ...in the opening credits without visual cue. They're just listed in a normal opening credit sort of thing for the time. Um, whereas at the end of the film, each of the members of the warrior band are on screen introduced with footage while their name pops up like it's a sitcom introduction, but yeah, no, but it was, it was we get interesting. A, we get a purposeful visual tie of their name to their face, which is a much more humanizing way of doing credits and to wild's credit. It shows an intent of making your audience know who these people are. Right. I would. I. I think it is. It is worth noting that Wild thinks he's doing a good thing. Yeah. And and in 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 that he does okay. Like right. that is a way that in which he does succeed. Right. Like he goes out of he, his way to say like these does, actors are the actors that played this. This he these does parts. some good things, but given the historical context of when this is made, and I've already mentioned this. He should know better. <laughs> right. Well, and that's the weird thing is like when we launched it, when I read the description of this movie and then I discovered as we were getting into it, I'm like, 1965? Yeah. Like, I mean, yes, of course. But like sometimes it's still shocking to me. I I, I mean, somebody could make this movie in now, to be yeah. honest, without any changes and feel totally good about themselves. Well, Mel Gibson um, did in 2006. Yeah, I know. Apocalyptic. Yeah, I know. Well, <laughs> but like, let's be clear here. Mel G- yeah, well that's well that's a whole other thing to talk about, right? Because Mel Gibson, avowed racist. Yeah. Uh like hardcore uh remade your movie. I think we do, you know, we mentioned it at the top and and I think it is true that if we hadn't watched this back to back with June's bonus episode of Robinson Crusoe, we might have different feelings about it. Maybe. But that doesn't make any of our complaints invalid. Right. Um, I mean, like, you know, I mean, I will say this, though. Even without um, Robinson Crusoe as a sort of set piece, you know, as a sort of, like, setting for this yeah, in my mind, like, between the opening narration and the sort of on-screen treatment of the... Um, of the sort of the tribe after the group is captured. Yeah. I, I, the movie lost me so early on in the film that I don't know whether or not I would react differently or not, honestly, because that like it, it, it was just so, it felt so gross and dehumanizing so early. Right. That like it, it had such an uphill climb if it even wanted to get back to me, not being angry at it. Yeah. 
And then it's like mostly just a murder fest after that. It's mostly just this guy killing people. Right. That's most of what the movie is after that. And eating random shit. Right. And it's not... And proving to us that he is bad at this, despite the fact that he is somehow better than all the warriors in this group. Right. Right. He eventually eats a snake raw. Like, yeah. How have, but it's like, yeah. How have you been able to do your job? Right. Exactly. To be you're established so as someone who can do this job. job. And like, yeah. and like, yet somehow you're, it's, it's, yeah. I just need to lay down. Probably. Probably. I need oh, to, man. I was hoping this would excise this from my head. I don't think it's gone. I think this movie lives in me forever. <laughs> I'm really I'm really sad to say this, but I don't think it's going anywhere. Like I try yeah. to mostly remember the movies I really, really love from this podcast. I think this is gonna be one of the ones that just sticks with me forever that I hate. Which sucks. Because I don't like to carry those ones around. I think what what it boils down to is that Wilde is not making a racially political movie. I think I think that Wilde's view of this, uh, that he is attempting to make, and I, I've alluded to this, but maybe I'm only starting to articulate it because I'm only starting to, to understand the words I've even said before. Okay. Uh, Wilde is making a colorblind. Yeah, movie. no, that's definitely what he's trying to. I mean, that's what he right. thinks he's doing. Right. He doesn't view a racial politic here. Whereas. Yeah, and that, but that, that in itself is an injustice, right? Right, right. Like, right. Particularly making a movie in 1965 in in Africa, in yeah, South no. Africa. Yeah, like it's 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 wild. It really is. Like, or Southern it, Africa, wherever. Like, it, ended up being. it is. It is inherently insensitive to do that. Even if you if you were to remove all those extra elements and just say he made this movie, like let's say he made this movie. And it was set somewhere. I don't know. I'm trying to think of like what like the most sort of like air quotes American mental neutral thing would be, right? Like, let's say it's set somewhere in like somewhere in America, and it's literally a hundred percent, you know, may it's probably be a hundred percent white actors or something like that, all trying to air quotes be colorblind or something like that. Um, it, it would be insensitive anyway because again, it's say it's trying to convey that that awful message of like. Oh well, what we all just need to do is try to get along here. Yeah. When the oppressed are being oppressed, right? right. Like they're they're not they're they're not the problem here. Um, and, and then, but then to like add on all these layers of like, and we said it in South Africa, and then we, it's like, what? Right. <laughs> what? Like, what's going on here? And even outside of the more overt racistness of the trailer, the opening narration, uh, and the existence of, uh. Islamicized slavers right. establishes this both sidesism of well they were enslaving their own people and selling them. It's like well they right. that one <laughs> uh, the morality of slavery versus the morality of the American institution of slavery um, and and chattel slavery as it was practiced in the West are actually two different conversations. Um, uh, the particular kind of slavery America and the West uh, practiced um, 
isn't the keeping or selling of uh, war prizes, right? Um, right. And cer- yeah. certainly we can have a conversation about that being bad, and it is. Right, but, absolutely. But... Uh, it's not this. the commodification of human life. <laughs> right. It's not right. exactly the same thing. Yeah, they are right. different conversations. Very true. And the um, only reason the only reason this band of Arab slavers exists is because there is a market in the West. A market that they did not create. That they did not create. <laughs> right. So, um, yeah. So that's you and I cannot view this movie in a non without a racialized lens right but I feel like Wilde believes he's made a movie without a racialized lens and because I believe that Wilde is ignorant um, right like Hey, I don't think he's I I do not I honestly do not believe he is being he is purposefully malicious in this right. Film. Right. That being said, there is a sort of purposeful maliciousness in that classic argument though, right? Like there it's it's hard to say that like that argument of we all just need to get along and they just we just need to understand each other's humanity. It is hard to see that as not being a willful thing that you decide to believe. Yeah. When there's literally so many examples, like, it's not like the civil rights movement was a thing he didn't know about. Right. Like, he, the March on Washington. He woke was up from, with a, from he woke up in a coma, from a coma, <laughs> and then made this movie eight seconds later. He had been in the coma for uh, 600 years. Apparently. Um, I don't know. I, I'm trying to think of a, I'm trying to, Trying to step it far enough back where, like, he, yeah, it's impossible. Um, and then also, again, went to Africa, a place where, you know, went to, if not to South Africa, went to Southern Africa, very nearby a place where apartheid is taking place. Yeah. Again, did he not know? Right. Do we right. think that the oppressed peoples of South Africa were just needed to better understand their oppressors for everybody to get along? Yeah. There's a there's a willful ignorance to that statement, and it's a statement we still encounter to this day, right? And it is always not a willful ignorance, right? Right. It is a choosing to sort of flatten the whole thing out so that you don't have to have a real opinion. You don't have to feel real feelings about what's happening to other people. Right. Right. And the. Like again, I, I this movie I, I, isn't I, yeah. making an argument against colonialism, really. Which is it's not already even, a crime. <laughs> it's not even making the weird uh uh black narcissist argument against colonialism from twenty years before this. That right. was that was uh this culture is too different. Um <laughs> we shouldn't be here. <laughs> right. Uh it's just 
it, it is it is Wilde's worldview she's no invalidity of Wilde's character being here. Right. Right. It, yeah, exactly. And that's a problem, right? And that it's fundamentally is a problem. from from point one, right? Yeah. Um Yeah. I mean, it's by the world of Coke. Like for, but all, like, for all of its for, problems, even Heart of Darkness recognized that as a problem, right? Right. I so. mean, well, that's a funny thing, right? Like, very, 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 pro, like, very racist texts even bother to acknowledge that colonialism is a problem-generating activity. Right. Uh, like, it doesn't usually come at it from the side of the pe- of the colonized, uh, which is its own, which is a whole big problem. But like, again, there's just this guy stomping around doing whatever he wants because he clearly belongs here. I don't know, yeah. man. And sure, there are worse people around him, but he it is his job to yeah. actively yeah, help actively the worst provide substance and and material support too. Yeah. To the worst people around him. <laughs> the worst yeah. people around him. And then again, it's it is it is a was it's a sort of narcissism minor differences between him and the worst people around him, right? Right. Right. Ugh. Anyway. Uh I think we've uh We we can't end this podcast. <laughs> I really like no, I, I we've been in like really close a few times. I'm like, oh no, we can't stop because we found like we found our movie. <laughs> yeah and and it also probably has a lot to do with the sort of times and place that we're in right yeah, now when yeah. we're recording this it's really hard to let this one go but yeah because yeah. it makes me want to punch walls it's weak i just keep i keep coming back to sanders how in one of robeson's uh worst movies for for racial mm-hmm. politics yeah they are still miles ahead of this three yeah. decades earlier <laughs> In that it acknowledges the racial politics of what's going on, right? Right. Yeah. And that's ultimately this movie's problem is it doesn't acknowledge the racial politic of it. And that's just bewildering, too. Yeah, no. I mean, you think think about what the sort of mental hoops you would have to dive through to go to Africa... Southern Africa specifically and make a movie that is this movie and be like, well, it has nothing to do with race. It's like, what? I I don't know. It's this movie is yeah, alarming. Um, and a lot of people like it, which is also alarming, <laughs> also uh, alarming. but at like least Ebert I did it, which is yeah. Thank God. Like, good. <laughs> I guess it's a good thing. Like, I disagree with this person a lot, but like, thank God, somebody famous said like, "This is garbage. This is real hot garbage." He comes at it from the sort of uh, like the the only sort of downside of his. I didn't read the whole review, but is it comes from it from a very yeah. Yeah. purely practical perspective, which is part of what made me angry in this movie. Beyond the, the racial <laughs> right. politics of it, like it's just that practically it's stupid. Like it's just actually like insultingly stupid. Um. Is a, is a part of it, right? Like, I'd also, like, the movie fed me a lot of hot garbage politics and then also was just stupid. Um, 
yeah. is just like insult to injury, right? But right. Uh, um, yeah, did woo. you, in all of your readings, uh, did you encounter something else that reminded me of uh, of Pudel's uh, uh, Robinson Crusoe? Uh, was the uh, the amount of people who read, you know, and again, subtitles would have gone a long way to fix this problem. Uh, after the tribal leader has determined that man is going to be punished in the way he's going to be punished, uh, before we fully understand what that is, uh, because mm. we don't understand it until we see it happening, right? Right. Um, all of the warriors gather around and start, like, feeling him up and poking his chest and his muscles. Uh, a lot of people interpret that as them... Uh, planning to cannibalize him yeah i saw that i was like oh, well like yeah I mean, the movie like really digs into camels and like a lot of people those same people also read the guy being cooked over the fire as being prepared like that's not how you make food guys <laughs> like Isn't i don't know what probably, you think happens there's probably some cultural meat preparations that involve an inch thick layer of undried ceramic <laughs> That yeah, you then break I mean, open later, maybe. I I, don't know. I assume yes, but like I my I I assume yes. I would assume that the answer to that is yes. I feel like it would probably you, the skin of the food would be un, would be inedible. Yeah. Um but maybe. Um but like nonetheless but, but really like no more so than traditional barbecue of of like Hawaiian or or even uh, any yeah, buried, I mean, buried barbecue where you you true, bury them absolutely food. yeah though generally I mean, you wrap true. it in leaves and don't just right throw coals the problem on is is that it, even but... even if we're not talking about contamination from the clay yeah. that skin is going to be inseparable from the right. clay like it just will be <laughs> there are a lot of uh, reasons that, that why you wouldn't want to cook that way, way would be a bad way It'd be a bad idea <laughs> and like. I, I read it as this is a kind of torture, but then right. I did encounter it's people who were talking about cannibalism later it's on. I was like, cannibalism? Yeah, yeah that's, that whole cannibalism? sequence. That whole sequence is the most creative uh, execution sequence we have seen since Alpha Bill. And um, <laughs> uh, I don't think anyone would accuse the guys in Alpha Bill of cannibalizing. Um, well, and that's, and that's an issue, right? Is that all right. the people we. we a lot of people told on themselves, right? Right. Because right. we don't assume in movies about medieval Europe that the people pouring hot boiling oil on the other people are going to then eat them. Right. But you watch a movie about Africa and you see some people cooking like burning a person alive over a fire inside a clay, and you're like, Well, we're gonna he's gonna eat that guy. Yeah. It's like probably not. Almost go on a limb and say yeah. probably not. Yeah, so uh, it's just weird. Um, yeah, whatever. This movie. <laughs> I yeah, uh, this movie is is out of hand. Our episode I'm, is out of hand. I'm done with it. I'm done. I with am it. too. This week, I'm done with this week it. We've it been talking about the Naked Prey uh, from 1965, directed, written, starring, produced by Cornell Wilde. Uh, yeah. Uh, next week. We will be talking about a 1951 Swedish drama directed by Alf Schoberg, 
who I don't think we've ever seen anything from Schoberg before. Doesn't sound familiar to me. Um, called Miss Julie. And we will never, ever see anything from Cornell Wilde again. So, Thank God. Anyway, thank you so much for listening to Lost in Criterion. I'm, as always, the Adam Glass. With me, as always, John Patrick Oatari Dorgan. And we'll see you next time. Boston Criterion, hosted by John Patrick Oatari Dorgan and the Adam Glass, who edits it. We're a production of WithTwoBrains.com. Jonathan Haight does the music. Check him out at JonathanHaight.BandCamp.com. And hey, if you like us, why don't you give us a review on iTunes, like us on Facebook, and support us on Patreon. That's Patreon.com slash Lost in Criterion. We'd appreciate it.